Welcome to Lost in Menstruation, a podcast for women who want to find a better way to hormonal health. I'm your host, Gemma Barry, an ex-nurse, period activist, comedian and herbalist. You might think that's a strange combination, but I wouldn't be where I am without those skills, let me tell you. Be ready for health tips and banter, no filter talking, belly laughs, and most importantly, finding your map so you aren't lost in menstruation. This is the stuff you wish you'd known years ago, but it's never too late. Let's get started. This was such a fun episode to run with Sally Holloway slash Duffel. Um, she's like her honestly, her book is crammed to the rafters. Grow your own HRT with over four hundred different studies that she looked at. So it is so worth a read um, and she presents it with such a good dose of humour too. So right up my street when I um, met and chatted with her, we had an absolute blast. So I hope you'll enjoy this episode and as ever, do leave a comment because all of that stuff counts. Thanks so much. Hello and welcome to another episode of Lost in Menstruation. Today I'm very excited to be joined by the wonderful... Sally Holloway Stroke Duffel. Um, we can't quite decide which name to go with. Uh, Sally, how are you, my love? I'm great. I'm sitting out in the Dorset countryside and it's raining, but hey, it's lovely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that is probably the same for all of us, I would say today. So um, Sally has had a long career in comedy and uh, she is the author of The Serious Guide to Joke Writing, um, which was a bit of a Bible for me when I started my uh, comedy course. Um, And then a strange turn of events, Uh, Sally has ventured into plant medicine with her Grow Your Own HRT um, which is under Sally Duffel and uh, I thought oh this is a weird turn of synergy between me being a herbalist and then having a stab at comedy and you being a comic and then walking into the world of sprouts and food medicine and all the rest of it so um, it's so awesome to have you on the podcast. <laughs> oh thank you well you can be both you could be a comic who secretly eats um, mung bean sprouts room, which I think because I was already getting into sprouting towards the end of my comedy career um, and I actually did do that and comedians in the dressing room did actually take the mickey out of me um, (laughs) standing there with my my sprouts and yeah and I've been on stage and one's fallen out my pocket and rolled across (laughs) mung bean sprout um, and the audience kind of oh (laughs) you know you're supposed to have sex drugs and rock and roll but I had well yep sex and sprouting (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like the perfect combo, to be perfectly honest. I think sprouting is much healthier than drugs. Although I think in the book, I suggest that sprouts are nature's vitamin pills. Yes. They are sort of drugs in a way because they're so densely packed. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. uh, I can't wait to dig into all of the goodies that are in there. Um, But all of my guests that have got a comedy edge to their career, I always ask how it all started for you. What got you into comedy? Okay, so I was 29. I worked in the city um, teaching people desktop publishing and work processing um, for a really massive company. Um, And I basically worked out that I wasn't going to get married and had children. And up until that point, I thought I was going to do normal. Yeah, I'd had 
bad relationship after bad relationship and I also worked out that the reason my relationships were bad was that I was attracted to um, bastards yeah <laughs> and, and that's a really big um, thing to realize because it stops being all men are bastards and, and it becomes I'm attracted to bastards and this is my problem I'm the one with the problem here because they can be as horrible as they like but if I'm falling in love with them yeah and I think the biggest thing was falling in love with somebody after I knew that he was quite a git and still yeah. having feelings and going oh my god there's something really wrong with me um and I knew I'd had a bit of a dysfunctional childhood and um and once I realized that I wasn't going to get married and have children the next thing I realized was I didn't actually didn't want to it well you know so part of the chasing all the wrong men was the deep part of me going no you can't go near anybody good because yeah. I no way am I getting married so um so once I realized all of that I was free to go okay you're not going to do that what do you want to do and I was saying to myself do you want to do voluntary services in Africa and you know do you want to climb Everest and I wanted to do comedy <laughs> and I, I, I actually surprised myself with that's what I want to do and I went for it and because I wasn't um, in relationship I, I didn't have um, a mortgage um, I just didn't have any ties yeah. and I could just go for it I absolutely went for it and you know when people say what was the success reason you got successful when so many people start comedy and don't carry on it's because I just banged at it and yeah. and it was my world I yeah. used to say lady comedy wants everything mm. and that's what I was prepared to give at yeah. the time. amazing yeah. mm. it's such a revelation when you learn that about yourself um yeah. I don't have children out of choice either right uh, no it was never part of my kind of remit and uh, it's really refreshing um, because you can feel a little bit off kilter until you kind of own it. And then once you do, it's like, oh, all right. <laughs> I know, I know. And the only thing is now I'm, I'm 58 now. I'd love to have grandchildren. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't regret not having children, but I think, oh, some grandchildren would be great <laughs> once a week. So I'm, I'm hoping I'll meet a man who's grandchildren. <laughs> children and I can be the best nanny in the world <laughs> that'd be cool yeah that'd be cool yeah I'm sure there's some people out there um who would be up for having that kind of help for sure um yeah I think it takes a village to raise kids so it's always exactly, nice yeah yeah um, the community I'm living in at the moment there's just one child here and um because of she's at school she's actually her and her parents are isolated from us so that she uh, you know yeah. so we're not even seeing her but yeah. oh that's a shame yeah. yeah such weird times at the moment isn't it really mm. yeah so uh so how did you get into sprouting um it was because I was in I got into raw food actually yeah um, I started to well prior to that I generally got into wow food really makes a difference because I had a wheat allergy long before anybody had heard of a wheat allergy in yep. 1996 uh, before yep. there was a free from aisle before there was anything I had a wheat allergy and it, and it gave me massive boils on my face yeah and it was immediate I, I could eat some wheat and you know a day later up would come the boil didn't have wheat no boil and it was it was like this revelation to yeah. me and then I'd realized that dairy was um, causing me because I had pre-arthritis and this was um, in my early 30s and I was getting these funny pains 
and and that was the dairy and so and then I came off that and I thought wow mm. and it just turned me on to that food was everything and I, I still think now if I hadn't realized that boils were wheat and um, dairy was arthritis I would be sitting here with arthritic hands trying to squeeze my boils <laughs> that would be and I would be because uh, I had quite bad acne scars even though I gave up at 33 which they faded now yeah um, um, but when I see people of my age with really bad acne scars, I think it's because they didn't work out what was causing it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So that turned me on to, to healthy food in a massive way. And since then, it's been a slow realization of and trying to cut things out. And some things you cut out and it makes no difference. It's alleluia. I can eat that. And some things they do. Um, and then a general thing about realizing that processed food isn't very good for me um and then um even though i don't notice it when that much when i have sugar i've read all the stuff about sugar and so i try and stay low on that yeah. um and sprouting was just part of that because once you start giving things up then it's well what are you going to bring in yeah you know and Absolutely. sprouting was what i bought in nice. um and it was something I could do myself. It was cheap. And everything I was reading about it just shows that it was massive amounts of nutrition. Mm -hmm. And because I was a big spender on vitamin pills. And then I read that most vitamin pills um, just go through your body. And a lot of, even though it might say, uh, this has got magnesium in, there's various forms of magnesium. And some of them, your body can't um, absorb. And yet they still put it in vitamin pills. Yeah. But with um, you get your vitamins through sprouted foods or any food, you're, it's in a form your body can absorb. And so it's a no-brainer. Yeah. You know, it's an absolute no-brainer. So I've been sprouting for, gosh, I mean, I'm, uh, yeah, 20 odd years because I was, uh, my last year I was, of a comedian, I was taking sprouts to gigs. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I really was. Yeah, I really was doing it. Yeah, yeah so. I have quite a clean diet. I don't drink or mm. avoid wheat and dairy and sugars and things. Um, and yeah, I get picked on quite a lot for a bit. Oh, you're the, you're the comedian who sits and has like tea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> I'll tell you one story. I was once in this, I was going on this long journey up north with a couple of male comics and um, we got in the car and I said, um, oh, I bought us all some apples to eat on the journey. Oh, they laughed. Oh, they took the mickey. Oh, you and your apples and blah, blah, blah. And then about half an hour in, one of them went, could I have my apple now? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. and it was, it was lovely actually yeah. well it's like the um kind of sayings that we have like an apple a day keeps the doctor away mm. eat your greens and all of that kind of thing like it's born out of truth really because like green vegetables like your broccolis cabbages kales all of that stuff i mean it's packed to the gunnels with such good vitamins and minerals because you know they try and bottle it they try you can get your broccoli pills and your broccoli extract but what they've worked out um is that in that form the body struggles to convert all the goodness in the broccoli in into the active compounds because when you're saying oh it's full of all this good stuff actually it's only good stuff once it's got in your stomach and your gut bacteria has worked on it yeah they found they're really struggling to make broccoli pills 
it's and it's i i love it and it means um people have got a sprout and the daily mail printed um a picture of some broccoli sprouts and i'm so used to not seeing you know seeing pills and things and it had is this the cure for cancer and i was oh my god yeah because and and even if they put some stuff in the pills that that can try out helps convert it the thing that converts it apparently is mirinase i know that's a long word um it still doesn't work the way your body works when it knows what to do yeah anything unnatural the body's going what is this even if it's unnaturally good the body yeah. can't can't quite get it you know yeah. and by the way do you know the the joke about the um uh, an apple a day keeps the doctor away no uh, go on. <laughs> what if you are a doctor oh uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's not my joke but yeah i can't really <laughs> yeah that's very good uh, yeah. yeah no well it's true like i mean there's there's such um like nuance in the body that all, all things are connected and there's like a chain event of things that go off exactly. like when you eat stuff like you say your your gut and your bacteria and all of that stuff comes into play to help yeah um what was i listening to the other day oh do you know what i think it was it was from first dates actually and there was a, a lady on there who was a well she was a beauty queen um okay. and but she was she was also getting a phd in uh, oh like uh something to do with uh, dentistry but she was doing a research paper on how your mouth is more contaminated and full of bacteria than your bum um which it's got to be because that's the first port of call for wow. digestion so all the enzymes and bacteria yeah. in the mouth like that has to be there to help break down the food and stuff and then like once it's leaving your body doesn't need to be so much stuff there really <laughs> but it's wow. interesting yeah that's it <laughs> that's quite mind-blowing because you think yeah. we kiss we think it's okay to kiss kiss people's mouths but not their bums <laughs> but actually it's okay to kiss the bum that's got less bacteria <laughs> yeah totally it really puts a different spin on the whole kind of four play arena really I'll remember that next time on the day i'll go actually <laughs> <laughs> you can kiss my ass goodnight. <laughs> yeah, I think you might yeah. get the caliber of man, Sally, maybe. <laughs> Do you know what? They can't get worse. <laughs> maybe this is like why dogs do what they do maybe they're ahead of the game on the whole you know what dogs are super clever i'm yeah. i'm such a dog fan and now that makes sense yeah that absolutely makes sense yeah, yeah. Totally. well i mean they're used so much now for like sniffing out like cancer and things in yeah. samples and stuff so yeah, yeah they're good like those dogs that's why they're um spelt god backwards yeah definitely yeah, because that's what they are <laughs> well i mean considering they've got such a keen sense of smell i'm still perturbed as to why andy needs to roll in so much fox poo. <laughs> <laughs> well to them you see it's perfume and you know what it's because a fox poo covered dog will attract other dogs yeah well, yeah. that and um, and people wanting to say hello to her because every time she's done it, she always manages to run up to people who are all like, I'm going, don't touch the dog. <laughs> They're like, hi. Like, oh, my God, you've got it all over your hands. <laughs> <laughs> I need to walk around with wet wipes so I can just hand them out to the general public. <laughs> yeah. Oh, blimey. 
Uh, oh, we've but... gone from sprouting to fox poo. <laughs> I told you we could meander to many subjects. Okay. <laughs> I don't know anything about fox poo. <laughs> um, so I was reading uh, in your book about, because um, magnesium is a big one for like period health and things for sure. Mm-hmm. Like it helps with cramps and uh, just, yeah. you know, it's such a wonder a wonder mineral for the body um, and yeah. I was reading in here about using eggshells yes can Isn't you explain marvelous? a bit more about that yeah I think it's fascinating well where did, I can't remember where I found it I'll probably put a link in the book to where I yeah, found you it you've got uh, a lot of resources in this book 400 scientific links yeah yeah um, but possibly eggshells were our first ever vitamin pill because if yeah. you grind them up um, packed with calcium yeah with magnesium and all sorts of lovely trace elements yeah. and you can make it yourself yeah you know? uh, and so you all you do is you i mean i i do if i've boiled eggs um i don't even bake them because it's only raw eggs i i i'm assuming you need because if you've done a raw egg then you need to bake it to make sure there's no pathogens yeah and then and then grind it up and then you take a teaspoon a day and it's a mineral supplement yeah. um it doesn't taste that great you wouldn't want to sprinkle on anything because it does have that grittiness yeah but, uh, do you know what to save the amount you can on um, vitamin pills and it's this whole thing of absorb absorbability yeah can do it with eggshells yeah I suppose you could put it into like a smoothie or something maybe you you? could yeah and and maybe I I possibly don't grind mine up enough um and I yeah I maybe need to grind them more because yeah I I have that (laughs) that I've got some eggshell in my teeth (laughs) kind of thing so yeah maybe really grind it fine I should do that and um but yeah I, I love that and I was very pleased to to find that and put it in the book because I think what I was trying to say in the book is you don't have to change everything that here's some simple things you can do yeah you know um and inexpensive because everything's so expensive yeah no matter what you've got there's you know you go on the internet and there's a cure for everything as long as you've got thousands of pounds and I love the idea that I was saying well you can you can do this and it costs nothing actually with the eggshells that you throw away yeah absolutely organic do buy organic yeah really important to buy organic as much as you can with all sorts of your veg fruit yeah eggs well especially it makes it well worthwhile if it then is going to be your vitamin pill as well yeah yeah you know? um, it makes it worthwhile for that extra extra money yeah yeah but it's and i i suppose there's like a lot of um there's a lot of these things that we probably knew about as like way back when that we've now forgotten about yeah. as life has speeded up and so it's kind of you know finding these things yeah. out again is a bit revolutionary um and yeah i'm sure we we're coming full circle aren't we yeah and sprouting yeah. the first record of sprouting is 10,000 bc wow um and they used to make beer out of barley sprouts really yeah that was the wow. first beer yeah um and in caves, these, you know, these caves that we lived in for millions of years, right at the bottom layers, you find lentils. Wow. Um, yeah. And I keep, I mean, I would love to properly study paleo times and what they're, what, you know, and how much they were sprouting then. Because yeah. I keep thinking, well, before they had pots, 
what else could they been doing with hard lentils yeah you know apart yeah. from sprouting them because yeah. you can sprout in um you know those dish type shells yeah. you can easily collect some water in that and put some seeds in and you know so yeah. they had everything to sprout back in those days and yeah. they knew about sprouting yeah um, absolutely and so when you sorry when no, you look on. at aboriginal culture mm. which is sixty thousand years old um and they do forms of sprouting they get inedible things i don't know if it's actually acorns but like acorns yeah. and they put them in baskets in the river and let the water run through them um so it starts the growth process and that makes them edible nice. so there's it a fascinating going on. yeah we we've traveled quite a bit and i love going on like <clears throat> guided walks to find out about local plants and like yeah. the ecosystem and all that kind of stuff. And I remember being, I think it was in Australia actually, and we were being talked to, um, you know, talked about, about the plants and stuff there. And th there was this one particular one, it was like a berry of some description, but the, the, like the trial and error they would have had to find out about how to use this berry was insane. Like, I mean, it's highly poisonous, but if you'd left it out under the full moon, boiled it for exactly five minutes, stirred in an anti-clockwise direction, beat Steve over the head with it. Like, it was safe to eat. <laughs> Indeed. Wow. But yeah. And that's natural processing of food, isn't it? Because yeah. in those days, they had to use everything. Yeah. No, if you think, because I'm right out in the country and I walk around and on every, loads of bushes, there's slows. And yeah. if you look up what you can do with slows, it's all make gin with it. And I was thinking, no, I bet for thousands of years, because there wouldn't have been strawberries in the supermarket yeah. and slows would have been wonderful. So I'm, I'm currently eating slows, even though it says officially online, it says they are too bitter to eat. But I've retrained my taste buds now over the years of not having much sugar. And um, I think they're fine. I think they're yeah. absolutely fine. Yeah. It's really interesting how your taste buds can taste change with they um, really have, yeah. Your diet. Um, yeah. Yeah. I like like raw cacao. Where we yeah. went to um, uh, Costa Rica, we again went to the farm where they made it all. I was trying all the like raw chocolate um beans right. and people were like oh disgusting and spitting them out I'm like mm, no really good wow <laughs> like oh, this proper raw chocolate i'm on it it's great <laughs> wow because yeah. i've always thought the way to to get people off chocolate is to make them realize that actually it's about the sugar in the milk yeah. and you can have a sugar and milk bar and you'd probably quite like it and then the, the chocolate's got the caffeine yeah. um you know so it's just a whole load of uh, addictive ingredients in one delicious package yeah. you know <laughs> Yeah, the beans, If I mean, obviously, we wouldn't be able to do it in this country, but um, if you live anywhere where you can grow chocolate, just to eat it, they've got like, it looks a bit like jellyish, like a snotty jelly around the outside, which is really sweet. And then the oh, bean on the inside is... Um, it's like, sweet on the outside. Yeah, the jelly stuff is... You can um, eat it. Yeah, is sweet. You can, like, usually people just sort of suck that bit off and then spit the bean out. But if you crunch it all up together, there's like a, a, a sweetness. Nature's chocolate. Yeah, it is. And, and, and if you eat it raw like that, it's completely unrefined. There's, there's hardly any caffeine to it. And because it's right. underdone, basically. So, um, yeah, it's wow. really, really nice. Well, you've told me something. I'm on your podcast to tell you something. <laughs> you told me nature's chocolate. Yeah, sweetness around the outside and the bean in the middle. 
yeah yeah it's really good wow. where have i got to go costa rica yeah well <laughs> go okay. it's incredible it's an incredible place it's really and they're so into like eco-ness of everything um they're really right. like on their environment it, it was a, a really wonderful place to go um, right yeah i don't work for the costa rica tourist board but um okay. <laughs> i do highly recommend it <laughs> uh, so um can you explain to us the, the basic principles of sprouting because it's it's pretty easy isn't it to to get going with it it is people laugh sometimes uh when i say i've well first of all i wrote a ten thousand word on sprout word book on sprouting and then i wrote a sixty thousand word book on sprouting because ten thousand words just wasn't enough <laughs> to say you soak it in water drain and then water twice a day <laughs> <laughs> just wasn't enough for me um, so <laughs> but that's the, that's the basic principle but the people who have taken the mickey is because they've never had any problems sprouting you yeah. know and they're probably just sprouting one thing and um yeah the basic principle is you get bean or seed um you soak it some of them don't even need soaking like um alfalfa or fenugreek you can just put them in a tray water them twice a day for five five to seven days and they'll grow or the beans is uh, it's one to two days you yeah. know you need soaking overnight um so that's the basic principle but the miracle is what happens during this process yeah. and what happens is that if say say you take a bean now all beans on the outside of their shells have got a certain amount of what's called anti-nutrients or toxins and it's to stop animals eating them before they sprout basically yeah. and that's why when we eat beans straight into the cooking pot um they make us fart because that's quite hard for us to digest yeah. so in the old days when they used to eat a lot of beans they always soak them overnight because that just gets sloughs off that first layer it just yeah. helps a bit you still might get a bit farty but it sloughs off the first layer and then if you go further and start sprouting what happens inside the bean is that vitamins and uh minerals that are there to feed the growing plant mm. they they're increased massively because they go right here we go we're getting a new plant a new life let's get going to feed this plant yeah. and so they increase sometimes by like 300 to a thousand percent depends wow. on the bean and yeah. it depends on the day like when i was doing the research it was like with mung beans um they peak in vitamin c in about day three but they peak in other things in day eight you know so um so all these vitamins are broken down into their basic form very very simple and the amino acids to feed the plant okay yeah. so you've got less toxins more vitamins and then broken down in digestible form yeah. and then so when you eat it you're getting these those three things you know wow. you're getting you're getting more protein you're getting more mineral and the biggest thing is that you can absorb it yeah um, because they're, they're broken down very simply yeah. and then like the roughage on the outside of a mung bean helps feed your gut bacteria because they like that kind of special roughage yeah. that's indigestible um yeah. yeah so it's it's a wonderful wonderful process yeah. yeah and each sprout is different so you know the mung bean's different to the lentil that's different to the aduki and then you've they're the beans and then you've got the sprouts where you're growing them to a baby green yeah. So you're basically uh, they're going to come out of the seed and they grow to a double leaf, 
and that takes five to seven days and then you can wash off the seeds and you you can basically use it on your salads and smoothies Right. And it's a great way of getting more greens into your life as well, which we sadly lack. And lots of trace elements. That's the yes. great, all these funny things that we don't even know we need. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's such a knowledge gap around mm. our health. Um, I mean, certainly within women's health, for sure. But on a nutritional yeah. level, everybody suffers. <laughs> and well, uh, Because we're going against nature. Yeah. You know, and... And people say, oh, you know, there's this diet fad and that diet fad. I say, actually, the best diet is the one that nature nature gives us. And a lot of diets seem to work at first because they get you off processed food. So it doesn't matter whether you're, it's the coconut diet or the cabbage soup diet. The first thing it's doing is getting you off the processed food. And yeah. you, so that's why you go, oh, I feel so much better, you know. But actually, a, a full range of unprocessed food is what we need yeah you know so yeah. it's a very sim simple basic healthy diet yeah. yeah and that's why you needed the extra fifty thousand words because of all the nuance <laughs> between of like at day three this is vitamin c or at day eight yeah. something else you know like you could get well, really sneaky with that <laughs> uh, you can and i suppose well, with a menopause book it, it also um it's about menopause as well so yeah. that's why i needed the extra fifty thousand words so i've got um got di menopause diaries of people sprouting to help their menopause i've got recipes of how you can use all the sprouts and kind of get them into your life really yeah. and get um other things that have full of plant hormones in there um and i've got some history of menopause and how it all went wrong for us you know um and i researched that quite exhaustively um and then some history about the hrt and the menopause industry um so i've got i've got lots of stuff in there yeah, yeah. it's yeah. such a good read and without trying to do a pun but it's really digestible uh, in terms <laughs> of you know you can it, read it in like bite-sized chunks and uh you know it, there's just like you say you did about 400 um references in there so it's just packed to the brim of knowledge it's really yeah well i wanted to prove everything because i was a, i'm a well i was a comic i'm not anymore and it's like well what, what does she know you know this person who used to tell jokes is telling me how to to live my life and it's like well i'm a person who's Holds jokes who, who's read some science and read yeah. the dry uh, research reports about it. <laughs> well, do you know, I had to rewrite it because the first time I wrote um, it, it's the first 21,000 words that are all the science and have got yeah. most of the references. And um, what happened was I got bogged down with the science and, and I wrote quite a dry. Um, uh, summary of what i discovered yeah. and then but i thought i'd done quite well and um and i did this thing of i put the book aside for a few weeks i think it was over christmas and i thought oh, yeah and then i'll i would read it with fresh eyes yeah. and i printed it all out and i sat down in my lounge and i started to read and within three to four pages i was crying oh. i knew i was going to have to rewrite it and i'd already been writing for two years at that stage and I thought I was done. I thought I was going to read it through and send it to the publisher. And I thought, oh, my God, I've got to rewrite it. And I was depressed for two days thinking, I actually, I don't think I can. Yeah. But this book, nobody's going to buy it. Nobody's going to want it. No one's going to recommend it. It's, you know, it's, it's too, it was, you had to wade through it. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, because I was so obsessed with the science. And then anyway, I got myself together after two days. And then once I started rewriting it, and what I did was I'm a big fan of Bill Bryson's The Theory of Everything. Yes. Where yeah. he takes science really hardcore science and makes it interesting and I'd read that before and I started to look at it again and analyze how he'd done that and the way he'd done it is to turn each bit of the science into a story yeah okay and so and that's what I did and so I was thinking okay this is Bill Bryson does menopause (laughs) (laughs) Um, and and from that point on, I was writing with this different style and I was looking at the information and thinking, how do I convey this as a story so the readers can understand it? And, and once I started doing that, I was thrilled with myself because I thought people are going to get this now and it's worth it. And it took seven months yeah. to rewrite the whole book. And but when I sent it out, people were people were liking it, you know, yeah. when I sent it to publishers and um, and, you know, because what would have been worse is not rewriting it and getting rejected by every publisher in the land you know yeah. instead of, i had more than one offer in the end yeah so, it's great yeah. that's what you want yeah but, i mean we digest stories better don't we that's i mean we do we learn yeah. stuff by stories I mean, we've all had yeah. that teacher at school that just reads out of the textbook and you're like <laughs> exactly yeah yeah <laughs> yeah Oh, Sally, it's been great. So I um, I finish uh, a podcast with the same question to everybody as if they uh-huh. have any weird, strange, embarrassing stories about periods or hormones that they're willing to share. Okay. So, um, do you have anything that you could... Am I weird? I've got a weird one. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> and that's that when I... I didn't start my periods till I was 13. Yep. And I was desperate to start my periods because <laughs> other girls have started them and I, I you know, I, I wanted to be a woman. Yeah. And the weird thing was the moment I started, I knew before I went to the loo, I was in my garden and I used to sit on this wall and I jumped off the wall and it just popped into my head. My periods had started and I rushed to the loo and there was literally one spot of blood. Wow. And I... <laughs> I just knew and then the next thing that happened was up until that point I knew about sex but I thought I'm, I'm never going to do that god that's disgusting and the day after my period started I looked at this lanky greasy boy who was about 15 and thought oh I love you I'd like to have sex I understand sex I want to have it for you that was the day after I started my period so obviously the hormones were massive for me but it was this thing of it jumping into my head you know? yeah it's really interesting isn't it like yeah if when you're listening to your intuition and stuff uh, yeah coincides yeah I know I wasn't generally an intuitive 13 year old I mean I, if anything I was yeah very very mucked up but in that respect I was 100% in tune with myself yeah yeah, yeah. oh brilliant That's my weird story love it <laughs> and so, you did what? warn me you were going to do this and I was thinking well the only embarrassing stories I've got are about because I used to bleed, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> bleed in, in, in weird places and I just like no don't go with the nice 13 year olds <laughs> oh, no, honestly there's uh I've, I've bled in lots of weird places uh, <laughs> I've got endometriosis so uh, before oh. I was um, diagnosed, it was like floodgates every time. I oh my taken. gosh! Yeah, so um, yeah, I've got off of lots of seats and beds and oh god, and all sorts. And yeah. being like, 
up. I've left me stamp. Oh my god! <laughs> I once discovered that a boyfriend never washed his sheets because by the fact that I bled in his sheets and then it was still there two months later right. and I was like oh and I would have never found out <laughs> it's like a superpower mark <laughs> yes, <isn't it? laughs> oh yeah the weird and wonderful life of having hormones and periods it's uh, yeah. a dull moment that's for sure <laughs> yeah well I'm done with all that now yeah that's it's I think something to look forward to actually like it must be quite nice not to have to worry about it as long as you can yeah I looked forward to menopause in as much as I looked forward to starting my periods yeah I was I was fed up um yeah I was very and my the last period I ever had was one day and it was so light I called it a fairy period and (laughs) and I called it my I thought my periods fade away faded away like an old song yeah and, um, so that was kind of kind of sweet but you never know it's your last one I know it's my last one but at the time I didn't know whether the next month I'd have half a day yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah well that's it you never know when it's going to be your last of anything really so no, that's the weird thing yeah, yeah. Uh, there's no proper rite of passage no but um yeah. it's nice to hear that you were like kind of looking forward to it though because it's just I hate that the menopause is geared up as such a negative thing for women and actually it's got so many benefits to it <laughs> yeah it very much would be i mean just that you don't you don't miss it you don't consciously go oh is that we're I'm saying it now i'm pleased that it's all over but you don't do that because you don't think about oh i'm not having a period and i would have had one this would have been this time of the month because you don't know yeah. you know so it's yeah. it's just nice yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I think after a career of bleeding for, you know, I don't know, about 35 <laughs> years, it's quite nice to not think about it. <laughs> you have to go around with some paint instead. <laughs> Make your own paint little blog marks. Yeah, 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 I like that idea. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Sally, it's been an absolute blast chatting with you. Um, yeah. And I know our listeners are going to um, be really interested in this episode. So I'll put yeah. all of uh, the details of both books um, in the show notes and Sally's okay. uh, Facebook page. So you can okay. trot over there and have a look. Um, but yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. And thanks so much for your time. Thank you. Take Bye-bye. care. Bye. Bye. Oh my god, how much fun was that? It was a total joy fest with Sally. I laughed so much. Thank you so much for listening and please do leave a comment. All of those little love bombs really make a difference to podcasters like myself. And I also wanted to let you know I've got a Facebook group now. It's free to join, read, redefine, educate and discover. If you give a little search in Facebook, it will come up. And there is a free workshop that I'll be running on the 22nd, 23rd and 24th of February 2001 um, that is going to be awesome. If you're struggling with understanding cycling, like how to chart, all of that kind of thing, really needing some self-care like oh my god everyone is really needing the self-care right now but not really managing to quite nail it this is for you (laughs) this is for you um it's going to be leading into my new program worthy uh which is an eight week extravaganza of unpacking a whole load of beliefs that are smothered around women's health and then helping you piece everything back together to have a concrete foundation of not putting up with shit anymore and also allowing us to really 
shake off quite a lot of guilt, shame, trauma that we have had around our experiences of our hormones, periods and problems that we may have may have had thus far in life. So I am posting a lot about it on the socials and stuff at the moment. If it sounds like your jam, then come find me on Insta or Facebook and I can let you know more about it. But I am really excited to drop this. All right, take care, see you soon. Thanks for tuning in. If you loved it, feel free to leave a comment and give us a follow. You can find more information on my website, thewellwomanproject.com or come find me on The Grid on Insta or on my Facebook page. You can also drop me an email, gemma at thewellwomanproject.com. Any information we've shared today will be in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. Big love, Gem.